0: All right, welcome into the Degress Podcast, episode 13, Dan Marino edition. We're recording this on a beautiful Tuesday, March 15, 2022, two days before St. Patty's Day. It is about 61 degrees in Dickinson, sun's out. Beautiful. Can't complain, it would be a perfect beard arts day, but Grant and I are out here working and Got a lot to talk about uh, NCAA tournament starting tonight first four games in Dayton that's going to be continuing to Wednesday with the uh, round of 64 starting on Thursday uh, NFL free agency is off and running. Uh, there's already some the uh, illegal tampering period is going on the MLB and uh, MLBPA were were able to figure out their new CBA free agency has taken off on that. I don't think we'll have time for that today, but we will be uh, have Ethan on next week. So uh, him and I will discuss that. So, like I said, we have a recurring guest here on the Degress podcast. This is his third appearance and he's the brand new owner of an iPhone 13. As you can see, he is a fan of the big 10 champion, Iowa Hawkeyes in basketball, not football, but so the pride of Mankato, Minnesota, Grant Castor.
1: Hey man, thanks for having me on again. You know, you're, you're, you're a spot on what a year for the Hawks, you know, big 10 West champs, uh, you know, gets spanked to the title game, but Hey, made, made it there. Uh, respect to your Michigan Wolverines. It was their day. It was their year. Um, women's basketball. They probably got the player of the year in Caitlin Clark, um, you know, men's basketball, big 10 tourney champs, first team, all American Keegan Murray um, probably a lottery pick and uh you know, a team that's exciting and fun to watch. So let's uh, let's get these games started on Thursday and see what happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, like I said, got some game going on tonight. Should promise to be some good ones. But uh, we'll, we got to start with the NFL. Uh, there, there, some guys said he was come decided to come back. He was retired. He didn't. Pulled a little bit of a Brett Favre, but I wouldn't consider it because he didn't drag it out. He was being the team guy Tom Brady is. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it, made, some, made the decision before. So Tom Brady is back to haunt the dream night nightmares of basically any fan that anybody who doesn't like Tom Brady, which hard to believe there's actually a good amount of them,
1: unfortunately. You know, I will say this for Tom Brady and the rest of the NFL in the NFC, there is going to be hell to be paid. And the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers are collecting paychecks next year because they're going to come into this next year, focused and energized, um, like I think a Tom Brady team we haven't seen before, because they now have a taste of what it's like to win the Super Bowl, and they now have a taste of what it's like to lose in the playoffs and get that ultimate dream taken away from you. And uh, he Tom doesn't want to make <clears throat> excuse me make this about him, but this could be a little last danceish. Yeah, um, hey, with yeah. Gordon. And, and Tom, he wants to go out on top. And you know what? His arch rival, Peyton, was able to go out on top. Sure, that Denver defense took him to the top of the mountaintop. Tom wants to go out on top like Elway, but he it wants to be on his terms. And he just threw for what, 5,300 yards this year? So passing, yeah. It's going to be fun. And I'm excited that he's back. Um, you know, let's get to August already. Can we just get to football season? Come on. Yeah. Well, you know the saying, we sleep in May. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah,
0: it's and it's already coming uh, – uh, peaking be, or helping because uh, his center, Ryan Jensen, signed a new deal. They yeah. just signed a receiver from the Falcons whose name uh, – Rakeem Gage, going to be a good pickup, could be an A-B replacement. Uh, Godwin, okay. hopefully he's going to be coming back at some point during the season. I know they re- were able to work out a deal with him. Evans is coming back. That probably opens the door for Rob
1: Gronkowski to come back as well. Mm-hmm. You know I will say what's they, uh, um, one thing that Tampa is going to have to fix though is their offensive line. Sure, they brought Jensen back. but um, I think Mar Pitt retired and yep. their other guard, he just signed with the Bengals. Yep. So you lose two of the you lose two of the top 10 guards in the NFL from an offensive line that was the most consistent in the league last year in terms of starts together. I think they started all 17 games so you know that'll need to be addressed but you know which NFL team doesn't have holes to fix and now they're going to have an offseason where Tom can get used to his receivers that he has but also younger guys like Gage and Tyler Johnson who he had some trouble with in the playoffs in terms of communication on where routes need to be ran and where Tom wanted Tyler to be so if they get an offseason to fix that watch out it's uh it's going to be fun
0: yeah oh yeah for sure it's always uh The league's just better with Tom Brady in, but we'll transition over to, uh, like you said, uh, Alex Kappa signed with the Bengals. And the biggest need for the Bengals has been offensive line and they're going right after it. They uh, just signed uh, Ted Karras from the Patriots, signed Alex Kappa. Uh, The Bengals or the Browns, excuse me, just released JC Treader, who's been one of the top centers in the league. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals try to go after him. So Obviously, the Bengals are hungry for more, and they're addressing going after it hard, going after that offensive line. Obviously, losing Uzoma to the Jets is going to hurt, but the uh, I think the Bengals really did take a good, hard look at the mirror and realize what they got to do to
1: take that next step and become Super Bowl champions. You know, they probably did what the Chiefs did last year after they lost to the Bucks. On that flight home, uh, they were probably disgusted as an organization, and they looked at each other, and they said, we lost this game solely because we couldn't keep Joe Burrow up their defense, their defense played great. They were salty. They kept the Rams in front of them. They limited the big plays, but Burrow didn't have time and they couldn't get a running game. So the Bengals are saying, you know what? We're an offensive line away from winning this, winning this whole thing. And they're, they're taking the bull by the horns. And you know what? They're smart. They're taking advantage of a quarterback on a rookie deal. So you can pay these offensive linemen, to protect this investment, so in three years, when it's time for Joe to sign his his deal, you got these veterans locked in, and he can get his forty million dollars a year plus uh, with no problem. And who knows, the Bengals can get back to Super Bowl again, and maybe they'll win it this time.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the way the market is going too, and you also have to take in account that their two top receivers, in Higgins and Chase, are also on rookie deals, mm-hmm. and they signed Mixon the previous year, so. You know, their bank account is pretty. And I mean, the Bengals have a, are notoriously always very timid to spend in free agency. They really like building in the draft. They don't like to go out and spend a lot of money. So this is probably the best chance they're going to have. So they are going at it the right way and going after that offensive line, trying mm-hmm. to keep them upright and, you know, take advantage of while these weapons are cheap.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, you see it around the league. Unfortunately, there's going to be some time down the road where you lose a player or two. You know, just now today in the NFC South, back to Tom's division, New Orleans Saints lost Marcus Williams. He, yep. I saw yep. signed a nice deal with Baltimore. But, you know, the Saints, you know, they paid Michael Thomas, they paid Kamara, and, you know, they paid Taysom Hill, which I'm not going to go into, for my blood pressure sake. Um, and they're trapped. They're cap-strapped now. And the Saints had a darn good defense last year. And Marcus was a big piece of that playing center field. But when you pay people, you're going to lose them. And they tried to win Super Bowls, withdrew in years past. With this roster setup, they couldn't do it. And that's that's just the league for you. But that's why the NFL is so great, because the Bengals are going to have their run for the next two to three years. Who knows? My Chiefs, that might be a flash in the pan. It might be a five-year Super Bowl window. You know, we don't we don't know, but you know, that's why we can't get enough. And, uh, it'll be exciting to see the Bengals go forward and see if they can truly be the Kings of the North, kind of like what Pittsburgh and Baltimore was before. If they can, you know, take it by force.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too, is, is that the AFC North right now, because you have the Bengals, you have the Ravens, Lamar's going to be healthy. They just signed Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. They might, they might, they're going to challenge the NFC West for the best division in the NFL. I think, because I mean, the Browns aren't going away. Baker Mayfield is, I mean, as much as he struggled last year, I think a lot of it had to do with his injuries that he was playing through. They just traded for Amari Cooper. They traded for Chase Winovich today. I don't, jury's up on still. He might be a good spot for, in a good spot there as that third pass rusher, but it's going to be a rock fight. And the Steelers, they Mike Tomlin's still the coach. They just signed our, your, your, your good friend MVP Mitch, who you wanted over Patrick Mahomes,
1: Love. these are facts. These are facts.
0: <laughs> have to get that one in, but you, the Steelers have good weapons. You know, they got to find a way to improve that offensive line, but defensively, they're still pretty real solid. And I, I like the, I, I kind of like the uh, addition of with Trubisky. I think he adds a different dynamic that Ben did be able to use his legs, something that they weren't able to do with Ben and him and Najee Harris in the same backfield. You can definitely, especially in the red zone, his legs can add a different dynamic. And I think that he's going to be under some better coaching with Tomlin. And then is it Matt Canada still, or did they hire a new Um, guy?
1: Yep. Still Matt Canada.
0: Okay. Yeah. And I think they'll be under a little bit better coaching compared Mm -hmm. to what Matt Nagy was.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And I think I also think, you know, Matt Nagy didn't utilize Mitch's skill set. No, he's an athletic player. He's got some legs. Get him out on the pocket. Um, get him rolling out to his right. Um, you know, get moving to him left on some, some bootleg actions. Don't make him a stationary quarterback where he can't move. Um, you know, you'll be able to do that. You'll be able to utilize his skill set because he doesn't have the biggest arm. But you know what, if he can he can move and if he can, when, while he's scrambling, get players open, that's only going to help him out so much more. And then also, you know, for the Steelers' sake, again, Big Ben was a statue back there. And, uh, you know, Mitch gives him um, ability to avoid those sacks and then make plays happen with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool when the quarterback – goes out of the pocket and it's 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 the backyard play like we saw earlier in big ben's career before these injuries ramped up and slowed him down
0: yeah well and the other part too was i think is not discussed is you can dog on matt nagy and mitch trubisky all they want but under him they went to the playoffs twice they never finished below 500 so as, as much as the limitations were there, there's signs of potential. It's just how much they can maximize it. So we'll, uh, we can actually stay in the NF uh, switch over to uh, Mitch Trubisky's old division in the bears division where Aaron Rodgers was announced. He was returning. I don't know about you, Grant, but I always thought he was going to stay put there was as I know emotionally people would say, Oh yeah, he's gone for sure. But, Aaron is a deep thinker. He did a cleanse. We don't have to talk about all all of what he did there, but mm-hmm. I think he realized his best chance to win the Super Bowl, and I think he was content there. I think they were able to. They talked out him in the front office. They talked out their differences. He gets along with Devonte. He gets along with a lot of those guys, but at the same time, it came at a cost because they ended up having to cut uh, one of the Smith brothers. Billy Turner is a cap casualty. I know a lot of, I know as a Cowboys fan, I'd love to see him in a Cowboys unor, uniform, but I also know a lot of Vikings fans would love to see him return home. Where, where uh, the uh, purple and gold.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you know, on Rogers, I will be upfront. When I say this, I did not think, I thought he was done in green Bay. I thought he, he did a 17 years. He was upset with the organization for all the years they didn't, one re-signed free agents that they let go somewhere else or and or try to sign free agents to come to Green Bay. I thought he was gonna say, you know, enough's enough. It was fun. I did everything I could, but with him maybe being just an athlete, he wanted he would want to go out and try to win somewhere else, you know, in in Denver or Pittsburgh with Tom when you saw the interaction on the sideline this year with those two. And even a team, a team like Tennessee, if he could have gone to the AFC South with that running game, those two wide receivers and that head coach and that the defense, that you game. know, that could in that division, very winnable division. Yeah. Um, very, in, that, in that conference, it could have been something special. Um, but then also, I think I think you're right. He just kind of sat back and he said, I got something really special in Green Bay. These three years under the floor, well, especially these last two, he's been the MVP. This offense fits him. Him and Devontae have something that you, you can't replace that anywhere else that's just years and years of a connection where they know what you they know each other is thinking and where they want to be um and also if you look at the nfc north they're the, they're the odds on favorites i like the vikings as a team but he would have got traded to denver you want to play mahomes twice you want to play justin herbert twice in a scrappy las vegas team six times a year i don't well, and not to mention too, I don't
0: the the Chargers. They're going after hard on the defense. I mean, they just traded for uh, Khalil Mack, who when mm-hmm. he, tells he is one of the best D, D ends. They have Joey Bosa on the other side, and then their interior D line is really solid too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think he knew that was his best chance, and and the pressure is to the max this year for the Packers because they have to go go out. They have to uh, make the I, I think they have to make the Super Bowl, or this—it's
1: the legacy is it's going to be the same as what Brett Favre was. Well, and and I think Devon, I think you know Devontae. Um, I don't know his contract situation. I'm not going to play in the franchise tag. I'm not. He's handcuffed. Green Bay has all the control in the situation. He's only been—I think he's only been tagged the one time. Yep. This time, I'm not going to play. He's going to sit out this year. But he's not going to do Aaron dirty like that. No. Um, exactly. If anything. They're, they're so tight. Aaron will sit back, and you know, they'll say, Hey, you know what, Devonte? I know I'm coming back for, you know, maybe three, maybe four years. If we can get a deal done, great. If not, they'll have a private conversation, me and you, let's do this together. And, and if not, I think Devonte's going to go and then Aaron might void the last couple of years of his contracts contract and say, you know what, I'm, I'm just done guys.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I, there, there's no way to me that Devontae doesn't play or a deal doesn't get worked out. Mm-hmm. And also too, though, which with under the new CBA rules is if guys say they're holding out and it's really done a good job of stopping holdouts and getting guys to show up to camp is they just start fining them. And well, when it starts, yeah. uh, you start missing those checks and start getting fined. It, it's
1: amazing how people start showing up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Every you know, everyone's got a plan, like Mike Tyson says, like hit the mouth. Also, everyone's got a plan until they start losing paychecks. Yep. Exactly. And uh, we'll keep her moving here. Uh, like we talked about uh, previously
0: about the uh, Khalil Mack to the Chargers, we'll, st- we'll go over to the AFC West where they just added another quarterback, Russell Wilson, traded from the Seahawks. Uh, he's got great weapons in Judy, uh, KJ Hamler, um, Colin Sutton. And- Yep, Cortland Sutton, the other receiver that uh, Tim Patrick, I think, is his name, that just signed a contract extension. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, Noah Fant was part of the uh, casualties for that trade. I think he would have done really well. But the biggest question is with the Broncos is they have if if they have to find a way to keep him upright, Wilson upright, uh, Eric Bowles, who from three years ago a Pepsi machine was a heck of a lot better than him, wasn't was. Coke machine was worse than bowls, but Pepsi machine was way better. Uh, and he has improved. He was a pro bowler last year. He kind of took a step back, had some injuries, was a little bit, and that probably affected his consistency, but he has improved a lot. And that's one thing for me is I think if the Broncos want to take a step, because they're also playing in a real tough division, they have to find a way to keep him upright. And if they do do that, they, they are. I don't think they're the favorites. I still think they're either the second or second finish second through fourth in that division. Uh, I still think the Chiefs are the top dog. But that two through four, I you could say that the uh all four, all four teams, and that would be a first time in NFL history under the new format that all four teams make the uh, playoffs.
1: True. And uh I think I think you're spot on. Like you said, it's still Kansas City's division until someone snags it up from them. I mean, was it six in a row every year since 2016? And um, you know they've beaten Broncos. The Broncos now either 11 or 13 straight times.
0: He's paper tired. Um, I think his, I think his last game against the Chiefs, they beat. Well, because he was they,
1: hurt. the last game he played against the Chiefs, the Chiefs got him benched. It was. That's what it was. Yep. 29 to I think 29 to six or 29 to 12 game. The Chiefs just dominated from beginning to end. Denver's that was a couple of games that year when Denver's defense didn't show up. That was one of those. And actually remember for a couple of years, um, Chuck Hendrick West, uh, number 35, that was his coming out party. Um, and then from then on, you know, the chiefs have won every single game against Denver and then until the chargers can beat the chiefs consistently and beat them when they have them on the ropes. Um, they're still, they're still not favorites in this division, but this division, is i think without question the best quarterback play division for sure in football right now last year was the nfc west but when you take russ out of the nfc west and you have drew lock and geno smith in seattle hi uh we, we don't know about that um and then to think you know to think that possibly Derek carr is your worst quarterback in the division you're in that's insane i mean when mcdaniels took this job he was thinking you know what hey i got Derek carr you know, second or maybe third best quarterback in the division. He threw for a lot of yards last year. He carried this team to the playoffs after what they went through. And then Russ comes in, and now everyone's kind of forgetting about Las Vegas. Um, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And what's crazy is is all these quarterbacks are young. Yeah, Mahomes is I think twenty six. Herbert's twenty what twenty four? Married too. Yep, that just this past weekend you know Derek Carr he's got if he's he's got to be 29 maybe 30 Russell Wilson's 32 these guys could be running in this division for the next six to eight years which it's, is just me
0: it's the division of quarterbacks and pass rushers uh Frank Clark it was announced like late last night that they just uh were able to rework his deal which is huge uh pair him mm-hmm. with Chris Jones uh Broncos today were able to steal I well I don't know if steal is the right word I'm I I wasn't a huge fan when I saw the contract of what they're giving Gregory. But when he's on his game and when he's healthy, he's up there as one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Best in the league, yeah. Without question. And Von Miller is a free agent. He's ever since the Wilson trade, he said that he was wouldn't be uh wouldn't be against going back to Denver and Bradley mm-hmm. Chubb, you get those three together, that's that's nasty. So the Well, NFL, like it always is, that AFC, it's always going to be fun to
1: watch. So let's not forget, you know, you got Max Crosby who just signed that extension Vegas. And then, uh, you know, they still, is it Yannick and He, um, you know, he's rushing on the other side for Las Vegas there. So there's quarterbacks in this division, but now there's also dudes who can get after the quarterback and, you know, just ruin your, ruin your day. So, uh, it's just, it's going to be awesome to watch.
0: Yeah. And uh we can we like we talked about uh, uh uh Randy Gregorys going signing with the uh signing with the Broncos we can go over to his old uh, team Cowboys they signed Malik Hooker traded Cooper oh, i'm uh man uh let Cedric Wilson walk who i loved as a third receiver but to his credit he played himself out of a contract and being affordable. They signed Gallup, who's going to miss
1: mm-hmm.
0: probably a good portion of the year with recovering from his ACL. So they uh, franchise take Dalton Schultz. Uh, Cowboys need weapons. Luckily, these last few receiver drafts, and I think that trend continues this year in the draft where it's going to be a deep receiver draft. So it's just going to be how quickly they're able to develop them. But mm-hmm. Dallas, I, uh, that Zeke contract is really just, hindering them right now
1: that's just the frustrating part it's me. it's the worst it's the worst contract in the nfl yeah um and to sit back and pay a guy 90 was it 90 million dollars over four years Humanch. when he has descended in and not only value but in how good he's been as a player every year since he's got into the league just doesn't make sense from a business aspect and then i th- um and then also when you throw the ball as much as Dallas did last year. Why do you have so much money invested into a guy who's just taking, who's not, who's not touching the ball, who's not making a difference in the game? But in return, it doesn't make sense because when Dallas actually gave the ball um, to Zeke and Tony Pollard last year, they were a better team. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's what it's. This just somehow screams to me the coaching staff is getting fed information from upstairs. Um, to say, Hey, we gave our guys the money. We want them all to show out and play. But the problem with that is, is there's only one ball and they're, they're doing things to hurt the team and not, um, you know, benefit the player and hurt the team and not do what's best for that specific week's game plan.
0: Yeah. Well, in, in part, the part that was frustrating for me is when Zeke is healthy, he's very effective and efficient and, I'm fine if he only, if he only plays 10 games a year during the regular season and he's fresh for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. But because he wanted his he needed they uh he was short of 1000 yards, they give him the ball 20 times in the last, in a meaningless game with the division locked up, the 3 seed locked up. They give him the mm-hmm. ball 20 20 times to get him a 1000 yards so he gets his in, incentive, which Jerry is not short of money and no, I think any good normal owner would do this and understand to help benefit. If he's a little short, just write him the check for it because write him the check, just give him the money. Year, he's gonna get it. But you know, I'd rather have him rested for the play. And it showed in the playoff game where their running game was Casper the Ghost nowhere to well, be.
1: let's let's also give some credit to where credit is due. San Francisco came in with an attitude that game they did and beat and just. Beat the absolute crap out of Dallas because they wanted to be there. Just for some reason, the Shanahan's offense they they couldn't finish drives, and Garoppolo had that one bad interception that kept them in the game. This was a couple finished drives away and a non-interception away from being a blowout. But like every Dallas game, they can't end normal, and then it, it ends on you know that play. We're not going to talk about it because oh, I don't want your not.
0: well. That was that was my birthday, so. Um, I don't want to remember that part of my birthday, and well, it, and it also just showed how ill prepared that the cow that Cowboys team looked compared to the uh, compared to the Niners, where it, it was just night and day. Where just Shanahan ran circles around McCarthy, and it was a big circle, big circles. But we'll we'll keep moving. We'll actually stay in the NFC East, and. The uh, now Washington Commanders have a uh, have a quarterback. Uh, it'll be interesting to see Carson. Now he's on his third team in three years. Uh, obviously, we are pro pro Bison, pro Carson podcast. But mm-hmm. it there's there's you know if it's you're on your third team in three years, this is your last, his last chance to really prove he's to be a starter. I think they actually have some good weapons in place. Uh, he's going to have a true number one, Terry McLaurin. Uh, Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel's been good. Uh, Logan Wilson's a good tight end. Logan uh, Thomas, or yes, Logan Thomas. Excuse me. Uh, they did lose Brandon Sheriff, but and I think he's going to a really good coach in uh, Ron Rivera, probably the best coach in the division. I think I don't even think it's close, to be honest. It's not even debatable. Uh, they have a good defense. Ron Rivera always seems to have that, have a good, solid defense. The mm-hmm. offense is, and Carson didn't have a bad year, but it seems like with him, it's always, there's something with some disconnect he has in the locker room. And I don't, I, I held off on it for the longest time, but when it gets to be your third team in three years, you're, you got, at some point, you got to figure out what the common denominator is and you got to look
1: in the mirror. Well, and then also let's let's not forget about this Carson on the field. Come, he has some boneheaded plays. Well, and that's the thing; it takes
0: away from because he was. I want to say it was thirty-three and seven this year, as far as touchdowns
1: and interceptions. Uh no, I think thirty-three and seven is MVP year.
0: Okay, but like I, I want to say he had one of his lower turnovers, but it's the boneheaded, it's the fumbles, it's just when his when he makes
1: mistakes, they're loud. Yes. And also it's, it's, it's the play against Tennessee there. I believe up two touchdowns in this game. Yep. He's in the end zone. He's going to get sacked, take the safety, take the two points. Well, what does he do? He chucks it right to the, right to the linebacker and he catches it. I don't know if he scores or not, but, or, and if he doesn't, the Titans score on the next play and then boom, game gets changed just like that. Game against the Jaguars this year, week 17, week 18. Win and you're in. It's the the two win Jags. There's going to be about 40 people in the stands. The Jags are not good. Be the better team. They're 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 losing. They're they're losing from start to finish. Linebacker comes on a blitz. Carson's not ready for it. Holding on to the ball with one hand. He punches it out. Jags score a touchdown after that. It's it sucks the energy out of the room with these turnovers that, that he has, and he has to fix that. And if not, he's going to be out of this league real quick.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And, and also another one too, that I just saw a couple of, or a couple of days ago on Twitter was the one he had in the rain against the Niners where they were about to go in and he just throws it to the linebacker for the Niners. It's if he, if he limits that, Mm -hmm. they, that them and the Cowboys, Are competing for that for a playoff spot or to win the East? I think. And yeah, so, but like I said, uh, yeah, and we'll keep moving here. We'll go to the uh, AFC South, and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are making some noise. They are going all in and trying to get the best roster they can behind their number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. They just signed Brandon Brandon Sheriff. They've signed countless of receivers. I can't even keep up with all the ones they're signing, but they're improving in a division that to me, outside of the Titans seems wide open.
1: Ever. It seems like everyone in the AFC South, like you said, is either getting worse or they're just staying stagnant. the Colts still don't have a quarterback. We don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to, are they going to try to get into the Jimmy G stakes? Um, sign Jameis winston because at this point that's really their only options the houston texans have no clue what the hell they're doing it's total dysfunction nothing against lovey smith nothing against lovey smith he won a lot of games in chicago but his last couple years in tampa bay not good he couldn't figure out um college football illinois and then now he's a defensive coordinator last year the huge i'm sure the houston's roster is it's terrible they just lost Justin Reed today, to sign with the Chiefs, three years, $31 million. Um, the AFC South, there's room to grow. And the Jaguars, like you said, they're, they're protecting Trevor. They franchised um, Robinson, their left tackle. You signed Sheriff, he can plug and play at right guard. They still have the number one overall pick. They signed Evan Ingram from the Giants. You know, what do they say is the, a young quarterback's best friend is a good tight end. Um,
0: sheriff from the, from yep, the sheriff, from the Reds,
1: Christian Kirk. Yep. Uh, Zay Jones, I believe. Yeah, Zay Jones. I mean, they're building the offensive pieces around Trevor. And you look at, you know, you're getting Travis Etienne back. Yep. And um, they, also, they
0: uh, Franchise tag, Cam Robinson. Yep, Cam they, Robinson. I believe they signed uh, their offensive lineman. or they? Uh, um, after Sheriff,
1: but I can't, can't seem to find him, but yeah, they're, you know, they signed Marvin Jones. So you look at, you look at the Jags right now, and this is just me. You can't protect your quarterback enough with that first overall pick. I'm still going to take the tackle from Alabama. Yep. Neil, because he he's an athletic freak. He played in Saban. He's pro ready. Um, and you know, and and then also he's you know playing at school alabama going to jacksonville that summer heat won't affect him he can probably move over a right tackle with this you've got your offense your offense is essentially set because james robinson's a nice running back like i said you're bringing travis Etienne back from the list frank injury last year You, you you still have josh you have josh allen on your defense who can rush the passer and then with all the other picks that they have after this you just need to absolutely load up this defense going forward and with Doug Peterson coming in at the helm I think that's a good hire he's got a good staff around him he's a teacher you know the Jags look like they're going in the right direction but it's also the Jags there is a chance they could just blow this up and it could be an absolute disaster like it has been for the last 20 years
0: well and and the bit the question is going to be is how long because both the GM and head coach have had issues with uh, being with uh, power with
1: relationships.
0: Yes, and especially front office relationships. So it's going to be how well they work together, and mm-hmm. as long as they can keep stay on the same page and keep that same vision of what they want as a team. That's gonna maintain. That's gonna build it. I think they. Trevor Lawrence is a strong leader. Josh Allen, I believe, is also a strong leader on that defense. So I think they have play, strong player leadership in in uh, in place in the locker room. It's just how much they can do in that front office, and we'll keep we'll uh, stay in the south. Like we said, not sure what point <laughs> what the Texans are doing, but and curious to see. Watson was there's no no criminal charges against him. So, interestingly, he still wants to be traded. He has a no-trade clause. What is
1: your gut reaction? Where do you think he ends up? So, before I answer that, I'm going to go real back to Jacksonville real quick. You okay. mentioned the issues with Doug Peterson and Trent Balke. I think these two need to put their ego aside and realize this is probably the last shot we're going to get at these jobs we have. Because Balky was ran out of San Francisco. Peterson was put on a pedestal after he won a Super Bowl. Three years later, he's fired. So they, these two, they need to figure it out themselves and say, you know what, if we can't do this, we're not going to be able to do this profession anymore. Um, but with Watson, where do I think he ends up going? I think it's going to be the New Orleans Saints. Okay. Because I think he's going to sit back and he's going to meet, you know, with the Panthers and the Saints and and also the Browns. That could be an interesting team. And then also, the you know, late news today, the Atlanta Falcons may be chiming in for that. But the reason why I say it's New Orleans Saints is because I think he's going to talk with, um, you know, Dennis Allen, former head coach in this league, who, you know, he struggled in Oakland big time, but he's fixed those mistakes. Pete Carmichael, who's no longer their offensive coordinator, but he was the offensive coordinator on the staff last year with Sean. He's still on the staff in a way. And then also um, look at the the offensive skill players New Orleans has. You have Kamara. You have Michael Thomas. Maybe. Maybe on Possibly. both. Possibly. Maybe on both, but you know what? Jason Hill? Nope. Uh, we'll, take, we'll, take, we'll take the glass half full approach on those other two. And, you know, the Saints, they got some other nice weapons on there. I think he's just going to like that culture and that that team more. Because I look at Carolina, and uh, you lose Hassan Reddick. Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy. He'd probably be a part of
0: that deal, I think, because they've already said they're shopping him so okay so
1: the, the, you go there you you, you don't you, you know chubb Chubba Hubbard you don't know what he's going to be like um an offensive line that's okay you know Deshaun's been got beat up already he's he's torn his ACL twice in his career Robbie Anderson up and down player Carolina might move him um is it DJ DJ Moore he's DJ Moore's a nice player yeah. but besides that that the carolina team just to me seems kind of meh and you know deshaun he has full control in this because of that no trade no trade clause so i think he's just going to want to stay back a little closer to where he's at in houston and i think new orleans saints end up snagging
0: okay yeah it'll be uh, interesting to see what what plays out with that obviously there's i'm yeah i would have to guess there's going to be some type of suspension involved too judging on what's previous uh but
1: what's in, what's interesting though is, is I thought um because right now there's no criminal charges um if it's civil can and according to the NFL um CBA can you suspend a player off of a civil civil suit
0: the new CBA I don't know if you can but thank you right. so yeah it depends if he's able to get those dropped or settle them or whatever Whatever mm-hmm. happens with that, then, yeah, he's going to be playing all 16 games. Uh, the Texans also have good control, too, because they, they've been pretty firm on what they want. So it's, it, it's going to be – I don't think it's going to happen right away, and we say that it'll probably get ha- done right after we're done recording today. But, but – It always
1: does. Yeah, so. Well, and then also I heard that both teams are prepared and have a trade package for those three first round picks that the Houston Texans are looking for. Um, and then also just when I look at the rosters of these teams, you know, now Mar- Marcus Williams is left in New Orleans, you know, that's a bit of an issue, but Carolina, they need those draft picks more than the saints do. So sure. Deshaun to Carolina, you know, would help them because they now have quarterback, but they probably lose McCaffrey and then also, you know, you lose Hassan Reddick, Stefan Gilmore might leave. That whole, that team still has some some holes to fill, and that's why I think he might end up saying no thanks to Carolina.
0: Yeah, so... We'll see. It, but the other part, too, is is it is a little bit of a homecoming for him, having played college ball at Clemson, so... Sure, yeah, just two hours left in Charlotte. Yep, and, and the Atlanta and New Orleans, that's all kind of in the area of where he grew up, so...
1: all you know, no- Atlanta's... Atlanta's and just inter- interesting team because if they get them, you know you're not doing anything in that division this year. But in the years going forward, you have the best quarterback, and typically when you have the best quarterback, you're gonna you're gonna win your division. And people forget how good he was in 2020 with that Island of Misfits toys he had at Whiteout when he threw for 4,800 yards and over 45 t- and 45 touchdowns. Yeah. So let's not forget how good Deshaun Watson is. No, no, you can't. He- yeah, he's
0: definitely one of was one of my favorite players to watch uh, through college and NFL. But had enough NFL talk today, so we're going to be switching over to March Madness. Uh, like I said, Ethan was not able to join us this week. He'll be joining me next week uh, as Grant makes his trek down to being a Florida man for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll we'll probably talk some free agency baseball with Ethan, but it's March baby so we're gonna we all filled out our brackets uh, Ethan sent me his so I'll read his I'll uh, We'll go over his and I'll go over mine so we will uh, we'll start with Ethan we're gonna start here out in the West region and we'll kind of just give our own uh, things on what we're gonna things happen so start with the first round uh, Ethan yeah, Gonzaga Georgia State Ethan's got Gonzaga winning I don't think there's gonna be there's been one one versus 16 seeds. So I think that one goes, uh, we got an eight, nine matchup between Boise state and Memphis. Uh, Ethan has Memphis winning. I also have uh, Memphis winning Memphis is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, ever since Imani Bates left Memphis has been playing, just playing some of their best basketball, uh, They were kind of teetering on being a bubble team. And then they had a strong finish and they're playing some of their best basketball. I like Memphis to win as well. Uh, Go down another game, Connecticut, UConn versus New Mexico state. Ethan and I both like UConn winning UConn six and a half point favorite, Danny Hurley and boys move on. And then Arkansas, Vermont, Arkansas is a five-point favorite. Vermont is a very experienced team. They've got a lot of five and six-year guys on the roster. I was very tempted. I don't know about you, Grant, but I was very tempted to pick Arkansas or Vermont to win. But I'm riding the must bus. I think Arkansas finds a way to pull it out. I might be uh, might be inclined to throw a little bit of throw something on uh, Vermont to cover though. Uh, moving along. Alabama and Rutgers versus Notre Dame. I can't remember which day they play. It's either tonight or tomorrow. That's a first four game. I believe
1: I believe that game is tomorrow. Okay,
0: I like Rutgers to win win that game, and I like them to beat Alabama. Alabama's been a very inconsistent team, as Rutgers has, but I think mm-hmm. Rutgers finds a way to uh, move on. Uh, Texas Tech, Montana State, Montana State their first appearance in the Big Dance since 1996. Uh, I think Texas Tech moves, uh, makes quick work of them, moves on. Uh, Michigan State, Davidson, we got a Foster Lawyer revenge game. Foster Lawyer, former Spartan, now Davidson, Wildcat. Michigan State is only a one-point favorite. I think Michigan State finds a way to win. I think that game is going to be a close game. It's going to be a good game. might be one of the better ones outside of the Arkansas-Vermont game in this w- West region. And then we got – Duke and Cal State Fullerton, the Coach K uh, farewell tour. I think it lives on to another game. Duke at 18 and a half point favor, but I think they find a way to move on. So, Grant, Ethan also has Texas Tech. Sorry, I kind of caught up. And he actually has basically the same as me, pretty much the exact same for the uh, first round here in this West region. So, Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. So the first game, of course, uh, it's the Gonzaga train all the way. They are, they are the best team in the country. They have depth all across this whole team. They got the most athletic seven footer in Chet. Um, they got a couple good, good sized forwards with skill, and the two very good guards. I think I think one was a five star recruit as a freshman also. So Gonzaga advances easily in the round one, and then the Memphis match. I, I like Memphis next. I think just you know Penny Hardaway, he got something with his team going. They're going to turn that around. Uh, UConn, they're, they're going back in the right direction. Danny Hurley, you know, um, you know they got up to a 5 seed, had a nice little run in the Big East this year. I think they advanced. Arkansas. He doesn't Vermont. pump the crowd. As long as he
0: doesn't pump up the crowd, it should be all right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Arkansas, they, they're going to bounce back against Vermont. Um, like you said, with the must bus, They're one of the more athletic teams in the country, and they, they, they play defense. They're going to clamp down on on vermont and you know after getting embarrassed in the sec tournament i think arkansas is going to take that um a little offensive and they're gonna they're gonna hold vermont to a low shooting percentage um in that game and then i like alabama next you know you're right they are up and down you get them outside of tuscaloosa you don't know what you're gonna get they live and die by the three which scares me and in a 6-11 matchup if they're shooting 25 percent from behind the arc that's not good but uh, I, I think Nate Oates is gonna he's gonna get his team corrected and they're gonna win this. Uh, I like Texas Tech to advance easy. I think they're one of the more underrated teams in this country. You know, had they not lost on the ed, last day of the regular season, they would have won the Big Twelve. And then for me, I like Davidson. Um, that's my, that's my upset pick in that region. I just I don't trust Michigan State. They have you know a lot of good recruits and good athletes, but as a team, they can't put it together. And they have no cohesion uh, on offense. I just watched them play. It's very stagnant. It's very stale. It's very Big Ten basketball like. And uh, you're not going to win many games in March when you play like when you play like that. You need you need to score, and you need your point guards. And Michigan State just doesn't have that. And then you know, lastly, Duke. They're going to advance. You know, there's that's they're just the better team. And the coach K um, retirement run will not be stopped by a 15 seat. But if it does, like what Lehigh did to them, I will be ecstatic. Uh, yeah, It will be, it will be, it will be a great day in American history. And it's, if they're playing on Thursday, it'll be St. Patrick's day. Another thing to celebrate, the snakes are out of Ireland. Coach K and Duke are done. <laughs> Let's party folks. Yes.
0: So we'll, uh, we'll go into the, uh, our second round games, uh, Ethan and I both have uh, Gonzaga advancing over Memphis. Gonzaga, number one seed for a reason. They're very, very talented. Shed Holmgren, I think mm-hmm. they're just going to be too much. Uh, UConn, Arkansas, uh, Ethan and I also have the uh, same the uh, same, uh, same uh, outcome. Uh, we both think the uh, must busk runs out of gas. I think UConn, they are one of the best offensive rebounding teams. And Arkansas, they do play defense, but from what I've watched, they seem to be very inconsistent on offense. And they sometimes are not very good at getting bodies on guys. I think that could be a problem. I think UConn finds a way to – I trust UConn's defense a little bit more, and especially in these games, I these kind of toss-up games, I like to go with the team that plays defense, able to get more stops. Uh, I think UConn advances onto the Sweet 16 to play Gonzaga – uh rutgers texas tech we both ethan and i also both have texas tech advancing i think texas tech is just gonna be a little bit too much and then michigan state duke now this is where i have the upset everybody Ooh, knows i am a saucy I, I am a michigan fan and michigan state is our little brother and but they're being our little brother i still love them you know I will pick on them. I will give them a hard time. I will do all of that. But at the end of the day, they're family. We will defend their honor. And you know what? Tom Izzo ends Mike Krzyzewski's career, ends his retirement tour. Tom Izzo marches on because you know why? Izzo is also code for March. Michigan State beats Duke. Coach K goes bye-bye.
1: Before there was Dave Richmond, there was Tom Izzo. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Um, So yeah, my turn here in the the Gonzaga Memphis matchup again, like I said, I'm with you guys. I'm on the Zags. They're just, they're going to be too big, too physical. And they're going to be able to score more points than, uh, than Memphis and they're going to score at ease. So Memphis won't be stopping them. That UConn Arkansas matchup. This is one I tossed and turned on. Um, But again, I'm going to stick back to Arkansas and how they clamp you down on defense. I just I think Musselman's going to build some build something special there. And then they were a team nobody really wanted to play going into the SEC tournament. They had that little hiccup. I think Musselman gets going on straight and they they advance Alabama, Texas Tech. This game is going to be fun. This is a 6-3 matchup. You love to watch because both teams can score, but also both teams. They are they're intense and they play defense. But Texas Tech has the better better players. And they don't rely as much on three as Alabama does. And I think Alabama's going to get down. They're going to start chucking them up. And this is when they're going to shoot 25% and tech advances. Davidson Duke, uh, you know, I picked Davidson to beat Michigan state last rounds. So I'm going to roll. I'm going to roll with the blue devils here again. You know, um, they're just, you know, too big, too physical. And yes, they haven't been playing good towards the end of this year, but I think come tournament time, Coach K's going to get them ready to get going there. So they advance to the Sweet 16.
0: Okay. And then, yes, I also uh, – Ethan had a Duke beating Michigan State, but I was a little bit too caught up hyping, hyping up the Spartans, mm-hmm. which doesn't happen often. So hopefully they listen and it gets them fired up. So we, uh, we'll stay there. We're going on to the uh, Elite Eight – or no, Sweet 16, where we have Gonzaga – UConn I both Ethan and I have Gonzaga advancing again I think Gonzaga is just going to be a little bit be too much for UConn I don't Gonzaga just has better players. Uh, Texas Tech Ethan as Texas Tech Duke he likes Texas Tech the Red Raiders advancing. And then I have Texas Tech Michigan State I I'm going with Texas Tech I think this is where I think Texas Tech just uh, has a little bit more cohesion like you grant said earlier. Uh, something that Michigan state just seems to sometimes struggle with. I think they, which is a rematch of the national semifinal from 2019 too. But I think Texas tech also wins that wins this one. They go on to the elite eight and play Gonzaga. Ethan also has Texas tech. So which sets up a Gonzaga, Texas tech
1: matchup. And, uh, you know, three's company with us, um, got you know, Gonzaga in the first game, how I've been talking about Arkansas plays all this defense and they're going to clamp you down. They're not going to clamp this Gonzaga team down. And this is when Arkansas's lack of offense will come to fruition. And I think Gonzaga would win this game pretty easily. I think they win this sweet 16 matchup by 10 plus. With a
0: week and the pair too, you also have to take that into account. I think Mark few is Correct. As, as, as much as we've uh, given Bob Hurley some props here, I think Mark few is still a better coach than, Curly,
1: but, mm-hmm. um, and then also, you know, Texas Tech, Duke. I think um, I'm with you guys as well. I like Texas Tech. I just I like their roster more from from one to, one to nine. They they they're they're a deep team, and you know, this give credit here to Chris Beard. He built a good squad. He left for Texas, but his main assistant stayed, and he kept them going well. And I think Texas Tech. This is when they're going to be able to throw two or three guys at uh, Bonchero and then you're going to slow him down Duke doesn't they don't have an in, inside presence so they won't be able to take the game over that way so same with you guys Elite Eight um I like Gonzaga and Texas Tech
0: yeah and we will uh we'll stay there Gonzaga Texas Tech I like Gonzaga I think this is where it really shows uh Mark Few I think is a better coach I think Gonzaga's just got better players a day off to mm-hmm. prepare only I just Think Gonzaga with all that, all that uh, mixed together. I think Gonzaga is going to be too much, and they advance to their second straight Final Four. Uh, Ethan also has Gonzaga winning as well.
1: So, Grant, again, you know, three's company. Um, Gonzaga here. This again, like I said, they're they're so deep. They have uh, the five five star center and Chet Holmgren. I think another five-star point guard and then another highly recruited forward. They're just, they're extremely big. Oh, and we're also thinking about uh, Timmy who's the best center in college basketball. And he's actually playing his natural position too. Last year he was, he had to play the five
0: because they didn't have a shed Holmgren. And I think it yep. advanced his game a lot.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, last year, Gonzaga is going to take this personally because really people over these last years, they've been kind of banging on Gonzaga's not not. They're almost, you know, maybe punks. They don't belong. They play in the West coast conference and then they don't play the big boys week in and week out. And then when they got to that championship game, you know, it showed and they looked shell-shocked. And I think they're going to take that personally and uh, they're going to beat uh, Texas tech to get to the final four in New Orleans.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's there's no denying that the conference that we play in is as our, uh, our previous guest, Anthony Wright said is cheeks, but to Gonzaga's credit, these last few years, they've proved where, you know, they aren't the Gonzaga of old, where they were, you know, they'd win one game and then get knocked out in that second round. They've taken steps yep. forward. They've been in two national titles. They've been to the Final Four. They've been to the Elite Eight. So, you know, they it's not the Gonzaga that you and I grew up high school, elementary school watching. They are a very good team, and they they, they have the talent for sure to win a national title where they didn't have that in previous years.
1: And then also with Gonzaga, they're playing teams in November and December. Yep. They're, they're playing some of the best teams in the non-conference to prove that they belong.
0: Yes, indeed. And uh, so we've got all three of us have Gonzaga coming out of that West region. So we will uh, transition down to the, uh, go cro- uh, across the co- uh, country and go into the East region where We've got Baylor and Norfolk state. Uh, Baylor opens as a 21 point favorite. I think Baylor, Baylor wins Uh eight, nine matchup, UNC Carolina, uh, Carolina is a three and a half point favorite. Hubert Davis gets the, uh, Tar Heels back in or in the tournament again for, uh, in his first season. Uh, I have UNC winning. Ethan has Marquette winning. So we uh, disagree there. Uh, Next game is a 5-12 matchup. The line isn't out for that yet, Uh, but it's uh, St. Mary's as the five-seed Wyoming-Indiana, who they play tonight. Uh, Could be an interesting game. I like Indiana winning tonight, and I like them beating St. Mary's. Uh, I just think Indiana's playing really well. They ran into a buzzsaw of an Iowa team, and uh, they – they find a way to, uh, in Mike Woodson's first year, find a way to uh, make it advance to the round of 32, uh, UCLA, Akron UCLA opens as a 14 point favorite. I like UCLA here. Uh, they've been just kind of steady all year. They've, they haven't been, they haven't exceeded expectations. They haven't been below them. They've just been kind of running that Mick Cronin's just been running steady, kind of just riding that final four run throughout, uh, Next game is six and 11. might be I think that might be one of the best matchups of this region in the opening round outside of uh, Carolina Marquette. Uh, Texas opens as a one point favorite. There you are the six seed Virginia Tech ACC tournament champions playing really well. Ethan has Virginia Tech winning. I like Texas. I, I like Texas in this matchup. I think Texas uh, with Chris Beard, I think uh, he's got that experience. I think he that helps them out in this, uh, game. I think Texas moves (laughs) all. Purdue-Yale in the three fourteen matchup. Purdue is a 15 and a half point favorite. I like Purdue advancing. I don't think they have too much trouble there. Uh, Murray State and San Fran. Murray State is only a seven, a one point favorite. And I don't know a lot about either team, but I like Murray State advancing and I like Kentucky matchup winning in the, uh, 215 game Kentucky's at 18 point favorite as does Ethan uh so which sets up an all Kentucky matchup which we'll we'll get into after Grant does his but sets up an all Kentucky matchup who Kentucky refuses to play so I'll leave it at that and Grant I'll let you go through that first round in the
1: yep so again that 116 matchup I like the Baylor Bears um they're just they're too athletic and they're too physical as, as a one seed, they're going to come in. They're going to mop the floor um, against – I can't remember who they're playing. I just see Cha- Baylor, and I say Baylor, Sharpie in the round two. Uh, the UNC-Marquette game, that's going to be an interesting game because which Carolina team shows up? Does Armando Baycott get in foul trouble? Uh, can Caleb Love make his outside shots? Uh, does Leaky Black con- con- t- contribute offensively? Excuse me. How's Brady? Is Brady Manick going to be able to take the game over? Which I think they do. I think Carolina—they're—they're they're just too big and they're too too athletic. They're going to advance to the round two to set up a great one-eight matchup with them and you with them and Baylor. And then uh, I'm with you. I like Indiana to win tonight, but I think the St. Mary Gales win um, in advance to the next round. You know, having to play in Indianapolis, and then I think Indiana sure they, they don't have to travel far from Indianapolis, but then maybe getting on the plane to play St. Mary's. I like, I like the Yales to get that win. And then also, I'm with you, UCLA, Mick Cronin, he's, he's a consistent coach, he's steady. His teams are always physical on defense. They're not gonna mistake, make mistakes on offense. I like the Bruins to uh, advance. And then I'm with Ethan on the 6-11 matchup with Virginia Tech in Texas. I think Virginia Tech, they shoot the three is one of the better teams in the country. And they got hot here in the ACC tournament. And then also same with Chris Beard's teams. Sometimes they lack cohesion on offense and they just can't score. Um, they, re- and they really don't have a, a, t- a point guard, which you need in the tournament to win. So I like Virginia Tech to pull off that upset in the 6-10 matchup. Um, and Purdue is a three seed. I think they're just too big and too tall. Again, they don't have a point guard, which kind of scares me. But um, I think they're just going to be able to take that game over from there. And then Murray State, same. I don't know much about them, but I know John Morant went there, so I'm gonna roll with the Racers. Um, and then uh, Kentucky. Yep. Yeah. Um, Shibway, probably be your national player of the year. They're just they're just too good, and, and um, they're gonna they're gonna advance. You.
0: I, I don't even know where St. Peter's is at, but yeah, I don't think uh, I think Kentucky's gonna make uh, quick work of them. Uh, so we'll move on to the second round. I I have Baylor, UNC. Ethan has Baylor Marquette. We both have Baylor winning. I think Baylor's just gonna to be too much for them. too athletic. Uh, Carolina's just, I don't trust them. They're not consistent enough to be for uh, on a quick turnaround back-to-back days. I don't think UNC is quite there yet. Uh, uh, Ethan has St. Mary's UCLA. I have Indiana UCLA. When we both have different results here. Ethan has St. Mary's beating UCLA. I'm not going to sit here and say I know a lot about St. Mary's. Ethan would be, uh, be the one. He follows that a little closer, follows those lower schools. And I have Indiana-UCLA, two. Now, if this was back in the 70s, it would be one heck of a uh, national title game, which probably Absolutely. happened. Uh, I, have, I have UCLA advancing. I think uh, Mike, uh, Mike Woodson has Indiana on the right track again, but I think UCLA is just going to be a little bit too much. Been riding that steady, consistently, consistent train all year. I think that continues. Texas Purdue, I think Purdue just has too much size. I think Jaden Ivey just goes off. I think he's going to be a little bit too much for the Longhorns. Chris Beards got the Longhorns on the right track, but I don't think it's going to be enough mm-hmm. uh, as Purdue advances into the Sweet 16. Now, Murray State, Kentucky, after – in actually – yeah, I yeah Murray State-Kentucky, that's going to be the best round, best game of that that second round, round of 32, I think. Because uh, Kentucky does not like playing those smaller schools in Kentucky for fear of losing, whatever it is, we don't know. But you know for sure Murray State's going to be fired up, ready to play that game. Calipari's going to have his boys – needs to have his guys ready, which uh, – Calipari by far in the tournament, Kentucky on paper, I think might have one of the most, behind Kentucky might have the most talented rosters, mm-hmm. but there's something about Calipari in March where I wouldn't be shocked if Murray state finds a way to move on. But I think Kentucky has just a little bit enough. I think they get on uh, score late and find a way to advance into the sweet 16. Ethan has uh, uh, he has Virginia tech Purdue. Uh, he has Virginia Tech advancing an 11 seed over Purdue. And then mm-hmm. he also has Murray State, Kentucky, and he also has Kentucky advancing.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, I'm going to start out with that 1-8 matchup. And I think of, of the second round, round of 32 matchups, this is the one I'm most excited for. Um, because, like I said, which Carolina team shows up and then Baylor is just such a fun watch. And I, I got an upset. I'm actually going to take the Tar Heels in this game. Uh, yep, it's... It's a risky pick, but uh, like I said, they're just when they're when they're on, you know, they are on. And also Baylor is dealing with some injuries and they don't have um, besides Chamo Chachua, they they don't have any other bigs. And I think Armando Baycott could dominate. He could get Chachua and in, in some foul trouble. And then, you know, like I said, you got you got Brady Manick. you can get him you know, making those outside shots. And then with Caleb Love and Leaky Black, um, they, Carolina's guards can match up well with Baylor. And um, I just think they're going to be able to put it together and get a win there um, in the round of 32. And Hubert Davis can go to the Sweet 16 in year one. St. Mary's, UCLA. Um, I, I like the Bruins. Again, Mick Cronin, I think he's, he's got something good going down there in Los Angeles. You know, the Gales, they'll be excited. They got their first round win. But after that, a short turnaround, UCLA is going to be more prepared. Coming off that final four run last year, Bruins get the win. Um, And then the 6-11 matchup, Virginia Tech-Purdue. This is, again, one of those, I think Purdue's just got too much size. Um, And then they they also play really good defense. They're going to lock down the three-point line, and Virginia Tech's run is going to end. And then Murray State-Kentucky. I think this game will actually be a little bit closer. Um, now that you mentioned that Kentucky does want to play these schools in state, Murray State probably feels slighted that they're in, uh, you know, a state that they don't get any respect respect from. But Kentucky's roster is extremely talented. There and then, Oshrisheva is probably going to be your national player of the year. He's just too much on the inside. I like Kentucky advancing to play Purdue in the Sweet Sixteen, which is a fantastic matchup.
0: Yes, indeed. And so moving on to the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, Ethan has Baylor St. Mary's uh, he likes Baylor advancing and then he in the uh, second sweet 16 game he's got Virginia Tech Kentucky he likes Kentucky advancing setting up a one-two matchup in the elite eight myself I have Baylor and UCLA this is where I think you uh, Baylor's injuries come backs to bite him where mm-hmm. Baylor has been a solid team all year, similar to what UCLA has been. They haven't, they've just kind of been steady. Uh, They've been able to navigate through those injuries that came back to bite them in the big 12 tournament where they lost out early. But I think UCLA, I think they, uh, they are on a mission to get back. Uh, Obviously came up just short last year of uh, their Jalen Suggs miraculous shot away from playing in the national title. Yep. I think UCLA rides onto the, Elite Eight, and I have Purdue, Kentucky. I think Kentucky finds a way to – I think Kentucky's talent just kind of overrides Purdue I think they're able to lock down Ivy and uh, make him uh, struggle, make him struggle. And I think Kentucky uh, rides on setting up a UC – another classic classic, uh, matchup in the Elite Eight is UCLA-Kentucky. So,
1: Grant? Yep. So, first matchup, I got UNC-UCLA. I I like the Bruins. I like the Bruins here. Like I said, I just think they're going to be consistent. They got the tall bodies that can compete with Carolina with um, Armando Baycott and um, Brady Manic, And I think the Bruins, again, Mick Cronin just, he's a tournament guy. He's going to get those guys into the elite eight and then Purdue, Kentucky, this actually might be the sweet 16 games I have. It's probably my second favorite matchup. We'll get into my first favorite matchup a little later on. but this is when I think Purdue's just overall size is going to be a little too much for Kentucky. I get it. Kentucky's has the more talented roster and they're more explosive, but Purdue Purdue's going to be able to protect the paint, get Sheeboy in foul trouble, and then also Purdue will own the offensive glass in this game. A lot of second chance points, a lot of trips to the free throw line. So I like Purdue and the uh, the Elite Eight, and then setting up a Purdue UCLA matchup. And right here, I got the, I got the Boilers. In the final four, I think um, it's over that hump. This was, you know, a top five team coming into the season. And I, I just, I, again, I think their size and their physicality is going to help Purdue um, take them into the final four. Okay. So
0: in uh, my, our Ethan's elite he he's got Baylor, Kentucky. He has Baylor advancing, which sets up a rematch of the national title game from last year and Gonzaga Baylor and his, uh, left side final four and for me i uh in the elite ed i got ucla kentucky this is where calipari's lack lack of coaching comes back to bite him mm-hmm. lack of coaching is but he just can never seem to quite get over the hump he always has the talent but he can never quite get that talent over the hump uh, i think this is where his one and done doneness comes back to bite him his recruiting uh ucla they are they're a season group. They didn't lose a lot from last year. I think UCLA finds a way to get back into the Final Four, setting up another Final Four matchup from the previous year, which was a classic in Gonzaga-UCLA.
1: That was probably one of the better games we've seen in our lifetime. And um, I, would love, I would love to see that, that matchup. Um, but you see with me on my Final Four, then with the way I have it, I got, uh, you know, Gonzaga and Purdue.
0: Okay. Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll move over to the Midwest. We'll do a big, we'll do a final four at the end here, but we have, so we'll switch transition over to our neck of the woods, the Midwest region, the best, well, best region in America. Might it's, this, this is going to be a fun bracket. This might be where brackets get busted, I think. So we'll start there. Uh, in Ethan's bracket, he's got, Kansas, uh, Tech the versus the winner of Texas Southern and Texas A and M CC, uh, I believe that's Corpus Christi. I think uh, we both have Kansas moving on. I don't one one seed one one seed's been lost to a sixteen seed. That trend continues. Uh, that Virginia that Virginia team can't
1: score. This Kansas team can score.
0: Yep, and uh, eight nine matchup San Diego State Creighton. San Diego State's a two and a half point favorite. Ethan has San Diego state. I have Creighton advancing. I think uh, the fighting Doug McDermott's uh, find their way to the second round. And now uh, setting up a uh, down to the 512 matchup. We've got the uh, grants, Iowa Hawkeyes. I guess you could say Ethan too, cause he is an alum there, but Iowa's a 10 and a half point favorite over Richmond. Richmond needed a uh, conference tournament win, which they did get over Davidson uh, I think Iowa advances. I think Iowa's probably playing as good as anybody in the country right now. And now that's going to set up down to a 4-13 matchup where Providence is only a two-point favorite against South Dakota State. Now, we Grant and I have both watched South Dakota State throughout the uh, season playing, being in the same conference as NDSU. First Summit League team to go undefeated in the conference. They haven't lost since December. Eric Henderson, their head coach, a former Bison assistant. I, I got to know him in my brief time as a manager. Great guy. Great coach. Uh, happy for him. Uh, if there's anybody that can bring South Dakota State success and I'll be happy for is Eric Henderson because he is just a tremendous guy, tremendous coach. Ethan and I both like South Dakota State advancing, getting that first tournament win, which they have not gotten yet, have them advancing over Providence. Uh, LSU, Iowa State in the 6-11 game. LSU is a four-point favorite. LSU is playing with an interim head coach. I don't don't know who, I can't think of the guy's name is. I'm guessing it's just an assistant. Will Wade was fired for some uh, alleged allegations against the program. We won't get into that, but... I think with uh, Ethan as LSU winning, I like Iowa State. I think LSU is in a little bit of shambles. I think that's going to play a uh, factor into uh, them losing uh, three three fourteen game. If there is a three fourteen game that I think uh, uh, could possibly be an upset, I do think it's this one: uh, Wisconsin Colgate. Wisconsin Colgate I haven't watched any Colgate but from what I've kind of understood is Colgate's a little bit a little bit of a opposite of what Wisconsin is Wisconsin's a little bit slower they like to kind of slow the game down play good defense where Colgate's a little bit more run and go but I think in the end Wisconsin talent uh is able to outlast Colgate uh USC Miami in a seven ten. uh USC is a one and a half point favorite. Ethan and I both like Miami advancing. Uh, Miami's just kind of that tough, gritty team and just makes games ugly. And it'll play off a little bit later in this bracket. And then uh, to finish out the Midwest region, it's Auburn versus Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State got in on a technicality because the actual winner of their conference uh, wasn't eligible. So I like Auburn winning. They... I, they're 15 and a half point favorites. I might be interested on that one. Uh, but that's, and Ethan also has Auburn winning as well. So
1: Grant take it, take it away. Yep. So we'll start at the top with one seed and, you know, got the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, I don't care who they're playing. Uh, they're, they're the better team in the one sixteen. and Bill self is not going to be some become that second one seed to lose in the first round. Um, and then that next matchup, I'm with you, Dylan. I like uh, I like the Creighton Blue Jays. I just think Doug McDermott is a is a whale of a coach, and he's going to get his team ready to play and to win um, a hard fought eight nine matchup. And then you know with Iowa playing Richmond, Iowa really I don't think they have a problem with the Spiders. I think they're going to come in. Keegan Murray's going to be the best player in the court. You know they're going to dominate that game. They're probably going to shoot well from three. And then, yeah, with Iowa right now, they're just – they're getting contributions from everyone. Joe Toussaint, Pat McCaffrey, um, you know, Chris, Christian McCaffrey, Bo Hannon, um, Rabacha, Rabacha – excuse me, the transfer from North Dakota. They just got a solid squad right now, and they're all, they're clicking, and this is the one team people want to play. Also, Joe Toussaint is playing great. I think Iowa advances. And then uh, I think after, you know, getting embarrassed in the Big East tournament, I think Providence bounces back. Okay. They had a good – they had a great regular season. You know, they're a four-seed. People are kind of finally talking about them. I like them to get past the Jacks, but this is this is going to be a tough game because, um, like you said, South Dakota State, they can score, and they're going to fight until the last minute. I just think Providence is going to be just just a touch. Too much for them, and the Friars advance to play the Hawkeyes. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with you. I like Iowa State over LSU. Iowa State's a good defensive team. They were undefeated in the non-conference this year. You know, I know LSU is a good defensive team also, but to fire Will Wade right now before the tournament, I mean, if anything, they should have fired him two seasons ago. This just feels a little weird. Um, I, like, I like the Cyclones and the new coaching staff to get a big tournament win and then to go on and, and play Wisconsin in the next round. Uh, I think Wisconsin is – I don't, I don't love them right now. I'm going to be honest. You know, Johnny Davis is a nice player, but, and then, you know, we got Brad Davidson and everyone else, but you know what they want to have, they have experience. They're a team full of seniors and come tournament time experience helps. So I like the Badgers to go on. And then also I'm with you guys. I think Miami wins, you know, that, that seven, 10 matchup. uh, I just really like the hurricanes and then Auburn, they got the best player on the court. And it's a 215 matchup. And like I so said, Jacksonville State didn't belong. So they're going to uh they're gonna win this game.
0: Yep. And uh so that's gonna set up uh in our round of 32. Uh Kansas Creighton for me and Kansas SDS San Diego State, the Aztecs, because we got two SDSUs in this bracket. So, well, actually, if they both win, we could have a SDSU squared matchup, but sure. neither of us have that. Uh Ethan has Kansas beating the Aztecs and I have Kansas beating the Blue Jays. A little bit of a backyard brawl in a Mm -hmm. sense, uh, Creighton being in Nebraska, Kansas, but I think Kansas just has too much talent to, uh, and it's just going to overcome the Blue Jays. So Kansas moves on to the sweet 16, Iowa, South Dakota state, um, another neighboring state. Uh, I think the Hawkeyes are going to be a little bit too much. I think they, uh, they're scoring the way they're shooting the ball. I think it's just going to be a little bit too much on a quick turnaround. I think that uh, South, South Dakota State gets their first loss since December. Uh, Iowa moves on to the Sweet 16. And then mm-hmm. we got Iowa State versus Wisconsin. I think Iowa State had a really good start to the year and they've kind of just dipped ever since. They've been kind of on that downward trend. I think Wisconsin just has a little bit too much. I think that experience carries. Them over the Cyclones, they advance to the Sweet 16. And Miami-Auburn? Oh, and, well, let me – Yep, Yep. Miami-Auburn. Ethan also has Iowa beating SDSU. And then uh, in the uh, LSU-Wisconsin matchup, he has Wisconsin advancing over the Tigers. And then he – in the Miami-Auburn, he has Auburn winning. Me? I picked Miami because – I like Bruce Pearl. He's a great coach. He's gotten into a final four was a controversial call away from playing in the national title game, but Auburn outside of Auburn has not been very good this year. And I think Miami, that toughness, that grittiness takes, gets them over the hump. I think Miami keeps it low scoring. I think they make it ugly. I think, which plays in the way that Miami likes to play. And I think that's going to be enough for Miami, a 10 seed to advance to the
1: sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that 10, two game is going to be fun because like you said, Auburn, they, they might have the player of the year. And then also, you know, I think they got uh, first team all defense and Cody Kessler, but besides that, they are a bunch of pups. Uh, there are a bunch of pups down there on the plains and Miami's a veteran team who, like you said, is going to keep it gritty. But uh, in my estimation i i still like auburn to win that game because i think their athleticism is going to propel them over the top um to advance and then now i'll go back to the top of the bracket here i just was going to piggyback off remind miami auburn take there. um uh kansas creighton yep that that's where we're at again kansas they're just a little too much creighton's going to battle and fight scratch and claw but um kansas their athleticism on the edge they don't you know have a real good true point guard but that is going to take them um, to be creating. And then again, Iowa, same thing. They're just, they're going to be Providence. They're just scoring so well right now they're clicking and also they're playing some defense, which is one thing Iowa basketball hasn't done. I don't know ever, <laughs> not <laughs> on Fran for the longest time. That's the biggest gripe on Fran is people are like, dude, play some defense. But now, now that they're doing that. And then I think Keegan Murray is just the best player on the court. And then Iowa state, Wisconsin, Again, like I said earlier, Wisconsin is—they're just a veteran team. Um, come tournament time, that experience matters, and that is going to take them to beat Iowa. They're going to then they're going to beat Iowa State because also Wisconsin they can score the ball a little better than Iowa State. They don't like to, but um, this could be a game where Johnny Davis, you know, takes over as uh, you know the former Big Ten player there and gets the Badgers into the uh, um, Sweet Sixteen.
0: Yeah. and. Uh... So moving along into the Sweet 16, we both – Ethan and I both have Kansas-Iowa. Ethan has Kansas. I like Iowa. I don't trust Bill Self in March. It's January, Self, March. Mm-hmm. Can't give Tom Izzo too much credit. But I, I think Iowa – I think Iowa kind of – if it almost is going to feel like a 2013 Michigan-Kansas game to me where Iowa – Michigan just shot, was able to shoot the lights out uh, when it mattered, and Kansas kind of fell apart, which has been a Bill Self staple. Iowa Iowa moves on to the Elite Eight. And in Wisconsin-Miami, it's both very similar styles, very want to play ugly, like to muck it up. At the end of the day, I like Wisconsin's talent. I like Jordan Davis to carry them in to the Elite Eight, setting up an all-Big Ten Elite Eight midwest final which well yeah i mean you can debate but for uh, this tournament you can't get much more midwest in the midwest than iowa wisconsin
1: uh, no kidding um and, so, yeah.
0: oh and ethan has uh sorry to interrupt but like i said he has kansas beating iowa he has auburn beating wisconsin setting up a one-two matchup
1: in his bracket. Mm-hmm. So um you know, I'm going to um, – this this first game is the, is the most – is the Sweet 16 matchup that I'm most excited for that I said earlier. And uh, um, good thing, I just have my bracket filled out on ESPN.com. I think I can edit this. I'm making a change. I don't have pen Ooh. to paper yet. I was going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks to beat my Iowa Hawkeyes. But after – thinking about it and then how, you know, Kansas, they don't have much guard play. They just have the, the one center. Um, I, his name slipped in my mind right now. And I don't think he's that good of a player. And I just, I think Iowa, I think Keegan Murray can take this game over. And then also with the way the defense that I was playing right now and the three ball that they can shoot, I'm taking the Iowa Hawkeyes to beat the Kansas Jayhawks and Iowa will be in the elite eight against the Auburn Tigers. Um, okay. This is this is going to be a matchup, I think, where having again Kessler on the inside is he's going to really shut that paint down for Auburn. Wisconsin is not going to be able to get those easy twos. And Auburn away from Auburn, like you said, Dylan, it is a frightening thing to watch. It is it is not good, but they're just their athleticism on the edge and how they'll be able to clamp Wisconsin down defensively is going to um, be the difference in this game where they're able to create more turnovers and get more um, fast break points. So like the Auburn Tigers to play the Iowa Hawkeyes in the elite eight, which is essentially the Outback Bowl of the elite eight, which I'm all excited for. I can always go for some blooming onions uh, (laughs) after January 1st. So I like, I like Iowa versus Auburn um, in the elite eight matchup in Chicago.
0: Okay. So we've got, in uh, Ethan's bracket, he's got Kansas versus Auburn. He likes Auburn advancing, uh, probably similar to what I said earlier. Uh, Bill Self is a February coach. I think Bruce Pearl is, like I said, is a tremendous coach, but he has Auburn advancing into the final four. And for me, I have Iowa, Wisconsin in an all big 10 matchup. I think I like Iowa again. I like the, uh, the 5 seed Iowa Hawkeyes who probably were under under-seeded a little bit, which in the NCAA tournament is all about matchups. It's not quite about seeds. It's, I think it all comes down to the matchups of who you're playing and how you match up. I like Iowa to find a way to get a win. They advanced to their first Final Four, and I don't.
1: you're the Iowa expert. I don't know if you even know. I want to say it was uh, the late eighties was the, the last final okay. four. Okay. I think, Lu, I think Lou Olson was the head coach at the time. Okay. Uh, it was either the late eighties or the early nineties. So we're looking at 30 plus years. Yep. Um, yeah, no, that's
0: crazy. And, and also well, it could be in the forties because if it was between 80 and 82 uh, for our older audience, that was 40 years
1: ago. It's true. That is true. And another thing that we're not talking about is this, this region, Midwest is in Chicago. For Iowa here, that's that's damn near home court. Um, yeah. In Wisconsin, in Wisconsin too. So it'll be interesting to see if a little home court um, action plays out here um, in this game. But for my Elite Eight matchup, maybe I'm being a bit of a homer here and I, I'm almost doing some reverse psychology. But I like the Auburn Tigers in this region. Just, again, like I said, that athleticism that they have I think is – Iowa will match up with that. And that's something where they'll be able to slow them down. Auburn will be able to get some bodies on Keegan and be able to shut, you know, Bohannon down. And then it'll be hard for Iowa to get its clean looks going on offense because Auburn will be right up in their face, you know, all the time. And then also, um, again, Cody Kessler being a seven-foot-one guy protecting the paint, I think that's going to be just maybe a little too much for the Hawkeyes. But an Elite Eight run is still a great year. Um, But I like the uh, Auburn Tigers in the the final four.
0: Okay, and we will now – so we've got – so far in our final fours, Ethan has Gonzaga, Baylor, Auburn. We still got the South, which we're going to do next. I have Gonzaga out of the West, UCLA out of the East, Iowa out of the Midwest. And Grant, you have – I have Gonzaga. Purdue and Auburn at the okay. moment, and we will uh, we'll transition up to the South. We'll actually, Grant, I'll let you take it away here in the South and your first
1: uh, first uh, uh, start off with the South and lead us off there. Yeah, and you know if you could, what, what are the matchups again? Because like I said, I don't have my bracket on pen and paper yet. All right, so the one sixteen we have
0: Arizona and the winner of Wright State Bryant. Now, okay. Riot is not going to be – this is basketball, so it's not a boxing or fight, uh, MMA fight.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, I I like the Arizona Wildcats. They've been a top team all year. Um, They pretty much, from start to finish, won the Pac-12, led led the Pac-12. They've beaten UCLA twice. I think Arizona is a good basketball team. I like Arizona to advance.
0: Okay, and then the 8-9 matchup, we got Seton Hall, TCU. TCU is a one-point
1: favorite. You know, with this one, I, I like Jamie like Dixon in the coaching for the, the Horned Frogs. I think, you know, he went there to try to turn that program around. And I just, I think um, TCU is going to be able to get a tournament win and advance uh, to the round of 32 to play Arizona.
0: Okay, and then in the 5-12, we've got Houston UAB. Houston is an eight-and-a-half-point favorite.
1: You know, this is a game I really like the Houston Cougars. Um, Calvin Sampson's got, they're a very good team. They have a lot of athletes on there. And again, they clamp you down on the defensive end. I think they're going to get up in UAB's face, really slow this, you know, and slow slow UAB's offense down where it's going to be hard for them to do anything. So I like the Houston Cougars to advance. And
0: then in the four thirteen 13 matchup, always an intriguing possible
1: upset. It's the uh... –
0: Illinois fighting the Lion-Eyes, the four seed versus uh, Chattanooga.
1: So um, I'm hearing some rumblings this week that Chattanooga is a pretty darn good basketball team.
0: We have a Kansas transfer. I uh, I can't mm-hmm. think of the name, but uh, um, he, was, he was part of that nasty brawl from a few years ago, I
1: know. Oh, that's right. Yep, that's right. So um, I maybe should um, give – chattanooga some respect because i'll be staying there one day this week on my trek down to florida while i uh help, help some friends move but i'm going with the illini because they're they could be a potential final four team they got you know P- play of the year candidate and kofi coburn and then some real athletic guards so i just think they're just gonna be too much for chattanooga so i like the illini advancing to the round of 32
0: okay and then on uh, the 6 11 matchup we've got probably the uh, Colorado State matching up against the uh very controversial team that got in Michigan as the 11th seed. Michigan mm-hmm. though,
1: is a two and a half point favorite. So, and with that, I'm gonna go with Michigan. It's one of those where I, I think their talent is just gonna outweigh what Colorado State has. I understand Colorado State has a potential player of the year candidate, but I think I think Jawan's gonna sit back and regroup and tell these Michigan players, hey, we have the talent. Um, to be a very good basketball team, this is unacceptable. Let's maybe try to go on a run right now because we are a preseason, I want to say top 10 team, big 10 favorite. Um, with the talent we have, what we had, the season we had record-wise, was unacceptable. And, you know, like you said, they also went into Iowa and won this year. So I, I like Michigan to, to get the upset, in air quotes, on the uh, 6-11 matchup.
0: All right, and then uh, in the three fourteen we got – Tennessee is a 17-point favorite against the 14-seed Longwood.
1: Well, I've actually watched Longwood play a game this year. That, that was the first game Iowa played. Okay. Um, that game was not close. Iowa won by 30 points. Um, Tennessee is – they are just too good right now. Tennessee is a very long, very athletic team who plays defense. Rick Barnes is a very good coach. They are humming right now. They ran through the SEC. In the SEC tournament, I think the volunteers are going to win this game easily.
0: All right. And moving along, we've got a 7-10 matchup. Ohio State versus uh, Loyola, Chicago. And this game is a pick'em game. The line is even the last time I looked.
1: Uh, you know, give me give me Sister Gene in Loyola, Chicago. There we go. Uh I, I, I like the upset. I think what they did last year against Illinois, reaching a final four a couple of years ago. This is a legit basketball team who is very good. They're very well coached. And I just don't like Ohio state again. They're too stagnant on the offensive end. They rely all too much on little. And if he doesn't get going as a team, they kind of falter. So I like Loyola Chicago to, uh, to pull off the ups- upset, seating wise and advancing in advance into the second round.
0: Okay. And then, uh, Rounding out the South, first round of the uh, South region. It is Villanova versus Delaware. Uh, the, Del, the Blue Hens are a 15 and a half point underdog against the Wildcats.
1: So, um, you know, God bless Delaware and the fighting Blue Hens. Uh, Joe Flacco, alum right here, but they don't stand a shot in this game. The Villanova Wildcats are too good offensively. Jay Wright somehow is somehow always an underrated head coach in this sport, he's going to get Villanova playing where they need to be. And Villanova will advance.
0: Yes. So, uh, now moving on, uh, Ethan's bracket, Arizona TCU or no, uh, Arizona Wright state. He's got Arizona advancing as do I, uh, we both have TCU beating Seton hall, uh, Houston UAB. I think, uh, Houston's defense is going to be a little bit too much for jelly Walker. Who's been a little bit of a, uh, picked up a little bit of popularity here uh, in recent, uh, this past week. And then Illinois, Chattanooga. Ethan has Chattanooga winning. I have Illinois winning. Uh, Chattanooga is like at the way bottom in two point defense. And that's a very bad recipe if you're playing Kofi Coburn. I think he's going to be way too much for uh, Chattanooga. And I think uh, the Illini move on. Uh, Tennessee Longwood Uh, we both have Tennessee winning Uh, we both have Loyola uh, beat Loyola Chicago beating Ohio State and then we also have uh, Villanova beating Delaware and we've got one game left and this is like I said has been a hot topic issue Ethan has Colorado State go advancing and like I said Grant, this has been a very frustrating year watching Michigan play. They've played great. They've played horrible. It's been just alternating games. They were up 17 against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. Blow it, up, blow it just after beating Ohio State on the road. Michigan, like I said, is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, there's already excuses creeping in for if Colorado state loses is because they have some travel issues. They haven't heard on when they're flying out to Indy, where the game's going to be played, but. I'm sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of it. Everybody knows I'm a Michigan fan and this is my lock of the week. And I'm, I'm so confident in this pick. I don't even bet. Usually I would be, but we'll take a little bit of a step back here. Colorado state's been great all year. Uh, David Roddy is that potential player of the year. He's averaging 19 and eight. And luckily I have a good friend who his family is a Colorado state alum. And so he gave me his hat and we also have a friendly wager on this game. Uh, if Colorado state wins, I got to get a mistake. He, uh, when I was at his picking up this hat, he, uh, had uh, showed me his cigar box. So if Michigan wins, this is a cigar box, or uh, I get to smoke one of his cigars. So Grant, I have a question for you. Do you know who who uh, Michigan plays in the first game of the football season this year?
1: I have a hunch. I know where this is going. Do they play the Colorado State Rams?
0: You're darn right they do. And you know That's what? That's what I thought. This is a preview of what's going to happen. Michigan's going to whoop Colorado State's ass. <laughs> Go blue! Lock of the week, I'm betting two and a half on Michigan to win. So, you know what? Go blue, call it Michigan State advances, and they shut the haters up
1: for a game. Um, That was was delicious. That was fantastic. I hope a lot of people watch on YouTube to see that. Um, And I like the Tom Brady Michigan jersey behind. They're very strategically done, done by you. Um, and I, when I originally saw the hats, I thought you were setting up for a signing day moment where you are going to sit back and kind of choose which hat you were going to wear. Um, but like I said, I, I think Michigan, they're just, they're going to be pissed off the way the season went and Joan's going to get these guys ready to play. And, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think they beat Cotter State and, uh, you know, advanced to play, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers.
0: Yes. So we will, uh, we're moving along here in the, uh, second round. We have, uh, Arizona TCU for both Ethan and I, we both have the Wildcats advancing. Uh, he has Houston Chattanooga and Ooh, he has Chattanooga advancing into the sweet 16. So I have, uh, Illinois beating Houston. I think, uh, it's going to be a ugly, ugly physical game. I think I like Illinois just a little bit better. I think they have a little bit more talent than, uh, the Cougars do. And then, Michigan, Tennessee, as much as I was cocky as I was about the Wolverines in this game, I'm a realist. Uh, You know, like I said, Michigan's been just kind of alternating good, bad games. I think Tennessee's going to be a little bit too much. They end the Wolverine season. Tennessee advances into the Sweet 16. And then Ethan also has Tennessee beating Colorado State. Uh, Then in the Loyola-Villanova game, he has Loyola beating Villanova. Ooh, he's 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 full on the Sister Jean train. And then mm-hmm. I have Villanova beating Loyola. I think Villanova. I think uh, Gillespie uh, kind of just kind of who's been having a very quietly very good season. I think he has enough and carries him on to the Sweet Sixteen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm with uh, I'm with all of you guys again. Start the top threes company, the Arizona Wildcats. They're too good. Um, they're just they're – more, they're more talented and they're more athletic than TCU, so they will win that game. This Houston-Illinois game, this is going to be um, – this is going to be Michigan-Northwestern in 2014. Do not watch this game. This football is going
0: to be wise, ugly. Football-wise, the-
1: football yes. Well, if you're, gonna, you're bored this- and you need something to
0: watch, don't watch that.
1: Correct. Um, there will be other games going on at this moment. This game will probably um, be on TBS or one of the stations who doesn't uh, have some of the best games. So, But I, I like the Houston Cougars. I think their just perimeter defense is going to shut down Illinois. Besides Kofi, Illinois is not going to have any offense in this game. So Houston advances to their second straight Sweet 16. Michigan-Tennessee. Again, that Michigan, Michigan rant there was great. It was fantastic. It showed why you're a fan, but that ends at the hands of the volunteers. Um, again, Tennessee, they're just they're too athletic and they're too big, and they're hot. I mean, this Tennessee team kind of reminds me of Villanova when they won titles. They are clicking at the right time, and they're a tough team. And speaking of Villanova, I like them to beat Sister Jean uh in Loyola, Chicago. I think Villanova's offense is just going to be too much setting up. Another darn good Sweet 16 matchup with Tennessee and Villanova.
0: Yeah, and uh, so in the Sweet 16, we've got Arizona. Ethan has Arizona Chattanooga. He thinks uh, looks like he's got Chattanooga running out of luck. The Wildcats advancing. Uh, I also have I have Arizona Illinois. I think Arizona's just got too much talent. Uh, the Illini uh, season ends in the Sweet 16, and then. Uh, Tennessee Loyola for Ethan he's got the volunteers advancing and then I have Tennessee Villanova as well and I like the volunteers I think like you said they're just clicking they're clicking at the right time they're just going and I I like them to uh, advance to the elite eight
1: Mm -hmm. and then yep uh, I'm right there with you guys Arizona Houston this is when Arizona's depth is just gonna be too much for Houston you know, we saw it last year in the Final Four when Houston played a team who was deeper than them at Baylor, and more athletic. They just they couldn't match up with him. They won't be able to score, so the Wildcats get back to their first Elite Eight. I want to say since 2013, or um, yeah, 2013 when they lost that heartbreaker to Wisconsin, and then uh, Tennessee Villanova. This is going to be a really good game, but again, Tennessee they're just they're too long for Villanova right now. They're going to contest their shots. Villanova is not going to be able to score as many points. And then we're setting up uh, for an Arizona Tennessee Elite Eight matchup, which is going to be intriguing because, you know, they're three hours apart in terms of time zones in this country. And Tennessee's on a lot more than Arizona's. And as Arizona's a one seed, we don't know as much about them as we do in Tennessee. So this will be a fun little matchup.
0: Yes. Yes. Sir. Who, who do you have winning?
1: Uh, I got the Tennessee Volunteers. Ooh, like I said, Volunteers. Think- I think it's it's almost like it's their year. It's their team of destiny in my eyes. I just watched them play right now. They're long. They can score. They're physical. Teams don't want to play Tennessee. And you know what? They're veterans. They're adults. They're, they're grown men. And I think, you know, Rick Barnes finally getting the Elite Eight. He's going to show why he's one of the more underrated and good coaches in this country. So I like Tennessee winning this region and then setting an all SEC matchup in New Orleans with Auburn and Tennessee in the Final Four.
0: Okay, yes. So, Ethan has Arizona Tennessee like you. He likes the Vols advancing, and I also have Arizona Tennessee. I also like the Vols advancing as well. I think uh, I think Tennessee's got a little bit more experience, a little bit more to get a uh, um, little bit more talent than Arizona. Arizona's kind of been hidden by the uh, the Pac-12, which has been way down compared to even previous years. Um, I think the Vols are just going to be too much. Like you said, they're a team of destiny. So yep. in my final four, I have Gonzaga UCLA and Tennessee, Iowa. Ethan has Gonzaga Baylor and Tennessee Auburn. So uh, we'll just, I'll start with Ethan's. Uh, he's got in the, uh, his first Final Four, he's got the rematch of the last year's national title game. And he likes Baylor or uh, Gonzaga getting their revenge, advancing to Monday night, and uh, Gonzaga playing in the national title, looking for that first all ever exclusive title. Uh, in the other, or in uh, for me, I have Gonzaga UCLA, a matchup of last year's Final Four.
1: One of the better games we've ever seen. Yes. Yep.
0: And I I like Gonzaga. I think they're going to be a little bit too much. I don't know if it's going to come down to that final shot overtime like it did last year. But I think Gonzaga is just going to be a little bit too much again. And Gonzaga advances the Monday night for myself as well.
1: Mm -hmm. And, yeah, for me in that first Final Four game, I have uh, Gonzaga-Purdue. And this is actually a great game because Purdue – can match up with Gonzaga. They're both long. They're both tall. They're physical and they play defense, but Gonzaga, they just, they got more athletes. They got more athletes out there. This is Mark few, maybe third times a charm. His third final four, he gets back to that title game um, on Monday night, trying to get that elusive first title. And then he's going to play the Tennessee volunteers. Um, Again, Tennessee, again, three's company. I, I, with with all of us right now but uh tennessee when they play this is when auburn's youth and athleticism is going to come back to i think biden in the rear end because they're going to play a team who's just as athletic as them but they're older they're men um kind of like last year when gonzaga ran into baylor both teams were real athletic but baylor was so much more and like i said they were adults in there they're long they play defense and uh you know, we all, we set up a championship game that we all three have, Tennessee versus Gonzaga on Monday in New Orleans in the Superdome. Uh, Let's go. I'm excited.
0: Yes. uh, We, I, Ethan and I both have, uh, I have Tennessee beating Iowa. Iowa's, uh, which another classic Outback Bowl matchup. Uh, But I, I like the volunteers advancing to the national title game like you. And Also likes Tennessee beating Auburn. So which sets up from all, well, all three of us, which you can tell why we're roommates. We think somewhat alike for the most part. Uh, we all three have Gonzaga and Tennessee in the national title game. Mm -hmm. So I'll start off. I like Gonzaga. I like Mark Few getting his first national title. I like Gonzaga. I think this is where their talent shows out. They're not going to be phased by the big moment. Like it, like where they seemed like it was last year, I think Gonzaga is going to be a little bit more prepared. I think Tennessee might be the more shell shocked, a little bit afraid of the moment. Uh, Gonzaga gets a win; they get the first the first national title in school history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ethan also has Gonzaga winning,
1: and so Grant, take her away. What do you got? So after all this agreeing we had throughout. Um, this podcast and with our tournament. This is where I say, not so fast, my friends. I'm going with the Tennessee volunteers. Like I said, I think they're a team of destiny. They're long, they're physical, they can score, you know, they might, sure they might have a little bit of shell shock in there, but I think this is when playing in the sec and playing adults every single night matters because they're not going to, it's not going to be too much of a moment for them. And then also, Um, I just think Tennessee, as a fan base, they haven't had much cheer for in athletics in a long time. They're going to travel to New Orleans. It's going to feel like they're playing in the Summit Arena, or Pat Summit Court, excuse me. And I think Tennessee gets this win, just like I said, because I really like their guard play. And this tournament comes down to guards. And Tennessee's got that. So Rick Barnes gets his first national title. And who knows, maybe the first national title in Tennessee men's basketball history. I'm not sure about that. And then for a little, uh, little icebreaker, uh, score of the championship game, 72-64 Vols.
0: Okay, a little bit high scoring here. And <laughs> I forgot to mention, we do have a wager placed on this. So the winner gets a free meal for the next time us, myself, Grant, and Ethan are all together. We get a free meal at the world-famous Brazilian steakhouse Fogo de Chao. So that's what the wager is. Uh, the loser is going to be splitting it. The winner doesn't have to pay. So that's what's going on. Uh, buckle up. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks. I know Grant's excited. I'm excited. Ethan's definitely excited. We'll excited to get him on the pod. And then in two weeks, all three of us, the band will be back together. We'll be doing a final four preview, discussing it all. So stay tuned. And we will, uh, thanks to Grant. So we will, uh, See you next time. Welcome back. Thanks again to Grant for joining the Degress Podcast. Always enjoy our conversations. I wish Ethan would have been able to join us, but not to worry as he'll be back on next week's episode to help break down the weekend that was. Check how our brackets are doing. Preview the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 weekend games. Probably discuss a little baseball. Hopefully some Twins positivity and other action happening around the MLB. You can find the Degress Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel where you can see the video version of the show. You're definitely going to want to check it out this week to see my lock of the week. Just a reminder, the camera always adds about 10 pounds. That's under the Degress Podcast on YouTube. Thanks again for tuning in to the Degress Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheDegress. That puts a wrap on this week's episode. We'll try to do better next time, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Gress out.